Hi there. Welcome to your podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. You have probably watched the movie The Lord of the Rings. Now, if you haven't watched it, uh, here's a spoiler alert. I will take an example of the ending of the story. So you might want to watch the movie first before listening to this episode or skip ahead maybe some two minutes, more or less. So as you may know, the story is about Frodo trying to destroy an evil ring. And to do that, he has to go to Mount Doom, which is a sort of volcano, and throw the ring into the sea of burning lava that is at its heart. However, Gollum is another little creature who is desperately attached to the ring and wants to have it at all costs. And he is willing to sacrifice anything in order to obtain the ring. Now, when finally Frodo, who is carrying the ring, is finally able to reach the threshold of that sea of lava, he is attacked by Gollum. And Gollum is able to snatch the ring from Frodo, and in his excitement, starts jumping and dancing around, dangerously close to the edge of the cliff, and falls into the burning sea of lava and burns to death, all the time trying to hold on to the ring and save the ring, so to speak although he ends up destroying the ring in the process. So Frodo is able to remove himself from that situation, and once out of Mount Doom, Sam and Frodo are able to go back to the Shire, where they enjoy their beautiful homeland and the laughter of their good friends and family. Now, I don't know exactly the symbolism that uh, Tolkien wanted to give to this scene, but I see a parallelism between the Sea of Lava Frodo's return to the Shire and Gollum's death and what Jesus taught about the final judgment about heaven and hell. So there's a profound parable in the gospel that is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. You can find the parable in the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 13, 24 through 30. Now, basically what happens is that Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a field where the owner of the field sows good seed. And while he's away, an enemy sows weeds among the wheat. So then when they grow, the workers realize that there are weeds and suggest uh, to the owner to uproot those weeds. However, the owner says that they better wait to the harvest time and then they can harvest everything and so separate them more easily at harvest time. The wheat will be stored in barns, while the weeds will be burned in the fire. So later, the apostles in private asked our Lord Jesus what this parable meant. And he explained that the fields is the world, the wheat represents the people who try to live a good holy life, and the weeds are the evil people, that is, the children of the evil one. The harvest time is the last judgment, where those who do evil will be separated from those who do good. While the good will be saved and then go to heaven, the evil people will be separated from from God forever. In the words of Christ, at the end of history, and I quote from the gospel, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. 
In other words, this parable is like an explanation of the whole history of humanity, but also an explanation of our own personal lives. We all have a time in this life, and we are called to live good and holy lives. And at the end, both of our lives and of history, there will be a moment in which God will judge each and every one and determine whether we are saved or not. Now, there's another event in the life of Christ which completes the picture of what I wanted to share with you today. And this is the moment of the uh, death of Christ. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, there were two other crucified men next to him. One was verbally abusing Christ, while the other was confessing his faith in the divinity of Jesus Christ and recognized his own sins and asked our Lord Jesus to forgive him and to remember him when he entered his kingdom. And then it is that Jesus told him, and I would like to underscore the first of these words, today you will be with me in paradise. And this you can read in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 23, verse 43. Now that simple phrase of our Lord implies at least a couple of things. The two most important ones that I'd like to highlight today is that we read in the letter of the Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, that we all die once, and then comes judgment. The second thing is that the result of that judgment is that we can be saved or condemned. And this is the key aspect of this truth of faith. This crucified man, or also called the, the good thief, whom tradition uh, knows by the name of Dismas, this Dismas was saved, and we know that clearly from the words of Christ our Lord. While the other man who was insulting Jesus and blaspheming God, we don't know what happened to him, but we understand from those events that his ending was not a good one at all. So all these things are really hard to talk about because they imply talking about judgment and heaven and hell and condemnation and salvation. And this is why we're not used to hearing about these things too much. And to tell you the truth, nobody wants to speak about them because nobody wants to be that guy, you know? Uh, nobody wants to be looked as as St. John the Baptist, who in the series, as you might have heard in the series, The Chosen is called uh, Creepy John by Sa Simon Peter, right? Uh, but the reality is that Jesus, in a sense, our Lord, was that guy, right? Jesus Christ was courageous and spoke about these hard truths, right? And this is why we have to also convey these truths to, in, a, in a prudent way, in a uh, way that is aware of the mercy of God as well, right? But uh, in, in the words of Christ uh, from the gospel, there's an implication that there's a particular judgment, a particular judgment that happens at the end of our life right after we die. And after that judgment, we immediately receive our reward, that is eternal salvation, which might require a previous purification in purgatory, or eternal condemnation. Right? And this is a truth of faith, that is a truth revealed by God and that the Church has passed on to us as revealed by God. As the Catechism puts it in number 1021 and 1022, 
death, and a quote from the Catechism, right? Death puts an end to human life as the time open to either accepting or rejecting the divine grace manifested in Christ. Each man receives his eternal retribution in his immortal soul at the very moment of his death, in a particular judgment that refers his life to Christ. Either entrance into blessedness of heaven, through a purification or immediately, or immediate and everlasting damnation. Up to there, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, the specific details of the particular judgment have not entirely been revealed, but we do know that we will be judged by Jesus Christ our Lord, and that all our lives will be seen under the light of the gospel. We also know that Satan will be there to accuse us of all the times we have followed his advice. Because, as we read in the, gospel, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10, he is the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night. So we will have to give an account of all our actions, thoughts, and intentions, and omissions before God. But most importantly, it will be essential to be in the state of grace at the moment of death. If we are in the grace of God, we will be saved. And if not, we will be condemned. So while the typical reaction before the idea of our judgment is to have fear, we also have to have in mind that God will reward all the actions, all the good words, and all the intentions and desires that nobody saw except God. So all those good things that we do that are hidden to the world many times, God has seen them and he will praise us for them. And if we have sinned, but then turned away from evil and converted, he will also reward our repentance and our penance, our conversion, our confessions, and all the other good things we have done, even if we have sinned before. So the thought of judgment should only bring fear to those who actually do evil and continue to do evil. But to those who repent from the evil they have done, or for those who have always tried to do what is good, the thought of judgment should be, should be a powerful reason for hope because of all the good that you have done, which might have gone unnoticed many times, but all that good will be rewarded abundantly by God. Now, the Catechism speaks clearly about heaven, purgatory, and hell, and then about the universal judgment. So heaven is to be with God forever. There will be, we will be perfectly and permanently united with God, who is perfect truth, perfect beauty, perfect goodness, perfect life, infinite love, and unsurpassable joy. And once we see God, there is nothing else we will ever desire. And our desire for all these things will be perfectly and permanently satisfied. As far as purgatory, it is a time of purification that is necessary for those souls who have been, in, who have been saved but need to be somewhat purified from any attachment to sin and who need to also endure any temporal punishment due to their past sins. 
these souls have already been saved and they have that certainty. And that gives them a spiritual consolation. But at the same time, they have to suffer more or less terrible pains depending on the evil they have done during their lives. So we, who are still here on earth, can help them by reducing their time of suffering through our prayers and sacrifices and by offering the holy sacrifice of the Mass on their behalf, let's say. So finally, what is hell? Hell is the permanent state of those who have chosen to be separated from God forever. And we will deserve that if we die in the state of mortal sin, unrepented mortal sin. And here's what the Catechism says in that regard. To die in mortal sin without repenting and without accepting God's merciful love means remaining separated from Him forever by our own free choice. This state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed is called hell. So up to there, the catechism about um, this truth of uh, eternal condemnation. Now, how can you avoid hell and reach heaven? The key thing then is to receive the sacrament of baptism and then make sure you live in the state of grace, avoiding, to the best of your ability, any mortal sin. And if you ever fall and commit a mortal sin, you should try to go to confession as soon as possible and receive the sacramental absolution of the priest. Now, you should never be afraid to ask for a priest to give you anointing of the sick whenever you are in danger of death, because that sacrament will give you God's grace, and it will also give you strength to face the most intimidating moment of our life, that is death and judgment. So this is why it is so important to be uh, also devoted to the Virgin Mary. She's our mother, and she will also pray for us and pray for you. Most, most specifically, if we pray the Holy Rosary daily, a prayer in which we say to her over 50 times, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Right. So uh, how could she forget to intercede for your salvation if you have asked her so many times? Anyway, so there are some final thoughts and conclusions from these uh, truths of faith. The first one that I would like to highlight is that the letter to the Hebrews clearly says, chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment. So it is very clear that we die only once, and the judgment that comes after it is definitive. So one simple but clear consequence is that according to the teaching of Christ, there cannot be any kind of reincarnation, because after death and judgment, there comes eternal life, hopefully, in heaven. But it's already eternal life. We don't come back to this world in any way, shape, or form. Secondly, our particular judgment is the most important moment of our existence, where we will be given the eternal reward for our choices and our actions. We are the ones who choose our eternal destiny during this life. So try to live a holy life and your eternal destiny will be secure. Finally, you should never despair of your salvation. God is a merciful God. 
my merciful God, who desires your salvation more than you yourself do. He became man and died on the cross for you to be saved. There is no question that however grave are the sins you may have committed and how numerous they might have been, you will always be forgiven if you turn to God for forgiveness. As someone once put it, even if you were with one foot in hell and the other on a banana peel, you can still ask God for mercy and for forgiveness. Because as long as you are in this life, you have time to repent. Finally, I strongly encourage you to pray daily for a holy death. Pray for the gift of final perseverance. That is, the grace to die in the state of grace. It's a gift. It's a grace. We have to ask for that final perseverance. And God in his goodness will grant it to you. I can assure you that God will grant you whatever you ask for if you ask with a, with a sincere heart, with conviction, and with humility. So that is all for today. If you liked this content and you'd like to encourage others to listen, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure you rate this podcast show both in Apple and in Spotify. So thanks for listening. May God bless you. And we hope to see you next time. <music>